scriptures teach us that if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, then I will hear and seek my face, and I will hear from... Mother, what does that say in scripture? Pick up your... No, that's... Amen. Father, I ask you this morning that you just bring an anointing upon this service. Grant me the liberty to speak your words that I believe that you have given to me as instructions and admonition to this congregation, to those that are assembled here in person, those who may be listening to my voice. I pray that not only will there be inspiration, but there will be a challenge within each and every one of us to search our own lives, our own hearts, and look for the remedies and solutions that you already have placed within us. We don't have to go outside of what you have placed within our hearts to find the solution to all the problems, all the situations that we are confronted with. Lord, grant me the grace to be able to speak your word and your word alone. Let there be an anointing that flows from the ministry of the word and Lord, let there also be an accompanying anointing which makes the word receptive. And we will hear. Yes. And once we hear, we become doers. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, we shared with you uh, what I thought was some of my greatest blessings in life. You recall what that was? Some of the blessings that I really enjoy, some of the most important blessings that I've received, the blessings of greatest value, remember what I said, <laughs> is the blessing of unanswered prayer. Yes. You know, sometimes uh, we, we, we get to the point where, you know, we're praying just indiscriminately, we're praying out of uh, the deposit within our own, our own wishes, our own desires, and not according to the desires of the Spirit of God that is within us. So we, we, we talked about that, and in last week I also mentioned that it seems to me that as young Christians, when we first come into the kingdom of God, there's, there seems to be a greater response by God to our prayers. I mean, we're praying and this praying for this and praying for that, and it seems that, wow, things are you know, just happening. And then... Over time, I don't know if this has happened to you, I know it's happened to me, that over time it seems that you know, I, I'm, I'm praying for things and wanting God to do things, but uh, it seems like eh, things aren't going according to my plans, my purposes, my will. And so sometimes Christians become a little stayed, they become a little you know, hardened, and they think, well, what's the... Uh, What's the reason praying? You, I've heard, I've been in prayer meetings where people have testified that it seems like the heavens are made of brass and their prayers, you know, can't penetrate, you know, and uh, we have to wait for some holy angel to collect the incense of our prayers and bring it in, and make it a formidable weapon against those that we're praying against. But it comes to the point that sometimes 
it seems as if as we get older in the things of God, it becomes more difficult for us to be able to pray and find answers and solutions. And so oftentimes we're relegated to a couple of thoughts and reasons and rationality. One of them was we blame the devil for everything. You know, well, yeah, I understand what you're doing. He is the author. But the devil is also a puppet. He can't do anything in our lives that God doesn't allow him to do. He was defeated at Calvary. Please understand that. Calvary isn't just some symbolic cross that we put on our, around our necks or in our church and say, well, I'm a Christian. No, the cross stands for the absolute, ultimate, complete, total defeat of Satan and hell. The judgment of sin has been carried out at the cross. The power of sin has been broken. And the ultimate weapon of sin is death. And Jesus holds the keys to hell, death, and the grave. So understand that. So when we're confronted with situations and circumstances, we need to come to the point and uh, to the conclusion that as Pastor was saying earlier today, if I have the coronavirus, I'm not going to think that all of a sudden God has abdicated his throne or that my faith isn't enough. I'm going to deliberately place that in context with what I know is God's purposes for my life. He has something for me to do. And that was a marvelous illustration. You know, if I get the coronavirus, I, instead of looking for ways to live and oh fear gripping my heart what I need to look at is say all right God why has this been allowed in my life everything that happens to a child of God has God driven purpose and instead of trying to find remedies that fit our expectations or our desires what we need to do is look to God and say, all right, Lord, why am I going through this? What's happening in my life? We need to begin to focus on the solutions, not simply seek for sympathy. Problems I have. Well... So as I began to explore this, I realized that there are times in our lives, and I'm speaking in a generalized way. I'm not speaking to every specific situation. Because let me tell you something about whenever we talk about God and God's purposes and God's will and God's doings and everything else, you don't put God in a box. You don't know. What God is going to do. Because his thoughts are above our thoughts. His plans supersede ours. But there are, there are, there are things that I, I do want to share with you. And, and uh, what I'd like to do. Oops. Okay. Daniel is going to put some things on the screen. And then uh, Pastor, Mar uh, Pastor uh, Gideon is going to put them on this tape. Probably you're going to be seeing them right now. 
But I want to give you some scriptures and then I want to speak about them. Okay, we're going to begin with uh, 1 John 5, 17 and 14. I want you to read these scriptures with me. It's on the screen. Okay, you don't have to turn to the screen. You can turn it. You can put them on later. Okay, right? All right, then turn onto the screen. I'm sorry, folks, for that. This is all new to us. Okay. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us because whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Another scripture, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believing that you have received it, and you will. One, two more found in Matthew, one in Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say unto you, and these are the words of Jesus, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, and it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. The final scripture is Matthew again, chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who receives, he who seeks will find, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Positive scriptures. All we have to do is pray. And once we pray, God is obligated to answer our prayer. No. Scriptures don't say that God is obligated to answer our prayer. Read it again. What the scriptures say is God is always attentive to our prayers. He hears our prayers. It doesn't say he's obligated to grant us the desires of our prayers. So what we need to do is we need to understand that the process of life that we're going through is a process of discipleship. Jesus is preparing us to rule with him in his eternal kingdom. This is the area which we gain our experience and knowledge and where we submit our will to him, where we follow his dictates, where we commit our lives to a structure where we are seeking after him, seeking his guidance, his counsel, his wisdom, finding out what are your plans for my life. Everything that happens in our lives is contingent upon that. God's progression, God's development in our lives. The maturing of the saints. That's the reason for the Ascension Gift Ministries. And in the Ascension Gift Ministry, we come to an area of responsibility. As saints of God, we can't just be cavalier about our salvation. Well, I'm saved, praise God. I'm on my way to heaven, that's all I care about. Well, 
That's the attitude of a little infant. They don't care. Well, Isla Monty, you're going to find this out in a little while. Not many months hence. That little thing that you're loving in your belly, and you'll always will love it. And kicking you, and you think that's the greatest thing in the world, that's kicking you and bruising the inside of your being. Yeah. And it's so happy. There's going to come a time, and I don't mean to discourage you, but I, want, I think you already know, they open your eyes to reality, when this little thing that is so cute to you is also going to come out and be the most demanding thing that you've ever had in your life. The whole world is going to stop as it is right now. And you're going to focus on that little thing. And it's got way, it can't speak, can't walk, but boy, it's got tools to manipulate us. <laughs> and then you got to contend with the grandmother to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, oh, it's okay. That's the, you know, just the grandmas know how to spoil. But boy, this is the first one, first one in our family that's going to have a great grandma. And you think grandmas are spoilers? Wow. You just wait. But you're going to look at this child of yours and you're going to allow that child to give expression and make demands and you're going to give in to them even though why because you're concerned and you're loving and you realize that that this child has not developed intellectually to the point that it will as it processes through life so you will deal with that child according to its maturity <laughs> if that child once that child becomes Zachary's age and, you know, then the child starts demanding all kinds of things, you know, change my diaper, mommy, feed me now, mommy, do this with me, mommy. Well, you, you, then you know you have a problem. There are different expectations for different levels of our maturity in our own lives and likewise in the kingdom of God. As we are developing in our maturity in Christ, there are different expectations that God has from us and different responsibilities that we, we, we need to focus on. So when it comes to the issue of prayer, when we're young, we just ask. And we get. But as we get older, that asking becomes conditioned upon what we're asking for and what is the ultimate purpose of that thing uh, is it you know child asks you know when they're a little baby you know mama they want something sweet you give it to them they get to be a little older it's time for dinner they want ice cream they want candy bars same child asking wanting something that's, that's their desire but you have to say no we got to eat dinner first, and then after dinner, I'll give you a, a sweet, a dessert. So there, you have developed in your relationship with your child based upon their maturity and intellect, what their knowledge. So it is with us, with God. Yeah, there are times he gave us jelly beans. Yeah, there are times that he gave us durian fruit.
But don't think that that's always going to be the response you're going to get from God. Because as we mature, God says to us, I want you to become formidable to the character of my son, Jesus Christ. I want that same mind that was in him now be operating in you. I want you to understand what caused, what, 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 what was the motivation that Jesus had in life. And, when you co- and then Jesus said, whatever I ask of the Father, he grants me. Why? Because he knew that he was in direct alignment. He was attuned to the perfect will of God. And that's the position that we need to come to. So what we need to do this morning is we need to look at, I think there are 10 reasons that I've put down for you this morning of why our prayers are not answered. Because I think we've already established the fact not all our prayers are answered. So why is it? Even after we have all these scriptures, let's look at some of these things. And this is for mature Christians. This is for those of us who have been confessing Jesus Christ. There are are areas of development and growth in our lives, in our spiritual lives, that we are responsible for, not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give us the grace to accomplish these things, but you've got to put forth the effort. So after all these scriptures, what is the first condition that disqualifies us from receiving answered prayer? Daniel, lack of faith. No, no, that's all right. I'm sorry. Let me interrupt for a minute. No, the, the back and forth. We'll just have to put it on, Gary. All right. James 1, verses 6 through 8. Turn to it. Read it. But when he asks, when someone asks of God, He must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Matthew 21, 22, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for. So the number one requirement in getting answered prayer, (laughs) are you really praying in faith? Or are you just praying in chance? I hope this works. People tell me if I pray. So in a time of crisis, when situations are surrounding you, you don't know what in the world to do, and you've tried everything, and maybe the last resort, you say, okay, well, hey, God, like I did when I was confronted with the gospel the first time in New York City. Pray. Well, I don't know about praying. What is this praying business? And all I can say at that particular God, if you're real. And God accepted and acknowledged the fact that at that particular time and that, that point of development in my lives, that my faith was not where it was going to be. Jesus confronted that in, 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 in his lifetime when, you remember the young boy that was demon-possessed? And the father came and says, yeah, Lord, I can believe it. Jesus, if you can believe all things, possible, well, I do believe. But you know what? 
<laughs> something inside of me. I don't know. This is possible. And remember, it's not your faith that brings forth the promises of God. It's his faithfulness and his purposes. Not your faith. If God wants to do something in your life, he's not hoping and praying that you have enough faith for him to do it. We need to find the mind of God. But first and foremost, if you pray to God, do you believe him? Why are you praying? Because do you have an expectation that he is going to answer your prayer? Or are you just taking you know, a number on the lottery? A lack of faith. Secondly, what I'd like to share with you is, and this is a big one, and Jesus was the one who taught this more, taught more about this than anything else. Not asking according to God's will. You know, as charismatic, we've gotten away from thy will be done. Because some reason or the other, we think that if we say that, that is an indication of a lack of faith. Well, you don't have God. It's not being done because you're not just being determinative enough. You're not being forceful enough. Whoa, whoa. I don't care how determined you are for something to happen in your life. And it may be something good. It may be something godly. It may even be something kingdom related. But if it's not according to God's will, it's not going to come to pass from his hand. And if it doesn't come from his hand, you're in big trouble. I know as a young minister, I thought I had the mind of God. I had the plan of God. I just came back from a convention where they told us all the things that was happening and all the things you need to do. First off, you know, one of the most important things they say in the church growth seminars is, <laughs> number one, make sure you have a wonderful functioning nursery. Yeah, number one, church growth. Number two, have a well-appointed ladies' room. I mean, that, that was taught to us in these church growth conferences. And the, the fact here is that instead of being inspired by God, we're emulating what other people have done. And it may be their road of success, but each of us has a different road to travel. And what we need to recognize is what is the path that God has called me to walk on. What is my destiny? Now my destiny isn't necessarily invested in my today or tomorrow or next week. My destiny may certainly be invested in what's going to happen to me 10, 15, 20 years from now. I prayed for things that I thought were godly things. Great ministry, lots of people in church. Recognition, acknowledgement by my peers. I had the word of the Lord. 
I forgot the opening statements of Jesus' instructional prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done. On earth. I got to find the counsel of God that is in heaven. And I've got to come to the point. If my prayers aren't being answered, I don't need to go around feeling miserable because, oh, maybe I don't have faith or situations or circumstances coming against. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No weapon shall be formed that can come against you and destroy you. If my prayers aren't being answered, the question I need to ask, are my prayers in alignment with the will of God? And if they're no, then stop. And if they're yes, then celebrate the manifestation of the answer even before you receive it. Third thing, we ask with the wrong motives. God, I want a Jaguar. I need a Jaguar. And my wife reminded me the other day, as wives so skillfully do, she says, why in the world would you want your own car when you have a chauffeured car taking you every place that you need to go? <laughs> Pastor Gideon. All you do, Gary, pick me up. And there's a big, you know, it's not a limo, but it's a big SUV, and that's what they're using nowadays. Open the door for me if I let him. Want to go here? Yeah, I'm there, here, wherever, fine. Never complain. She says, why would you want to give that up? <laughs> to have a... That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? And didn't I say that to you? I said, yes. See, if, if I have that car then he is going to probably drive it more than I ever will. Yeah, you need to, well, there's a bus. There's a packed bus. There's a big, big limo. Yes, it is. Honey, I'm just using this for illustration. Let's not get into a, a family dispute here right now. I mean, this is, sir, we're preaching to thousands of people here. What are your motives? That's exactly what I'm saying. What are my motives? You want God to bless you? Why? So you can go and tell people, you know, how special you are to God and how God has blessed you. I've told this story before where I was in a conference in Phoenix, Arizona, and there was this individual who was in a wheelchair, and it was a charismatic conference and everybody was praying for him he was pastoring a church and they're commanding him to come out of his wheelchair and I, I was just feeling you know just, uh, just just such compassion for the man so finally I, I just parted the sea of prophets and preachers and walked over to the guy knelt down by his wheelchair and I looked at him I said brother what do you want? He said, I want to walk. 
I want to get out of here. And the Lord gave me the wisdom to say this. This is George Benenate. And I said to him, why do you want to get out of this chair? He said, oh, that's easy. I want to bring God the glory. And the Lord gave me these words to say to him, son, don't you know you can give God more glory by being in the chair rather than being delivered out of the chair? This church of Jesus Christ is built on the blood of martyrs. Imagine if each one of them said, deliver me. God uses every situation, every circumstance, every issue we think is a problem. We give it to him and recognize his purpose in our lives we will find that these things are not designed to destroy us or to discourage us. They're there to strengthen us. Lord, not my will. That was the prayer of Jesus. He too went through the same thing. He had to examine his motives. And then I think I'll stop with this next one. And we'll continue next week. The fourth thing that you need to examine your life for is why, why isn't God answering my prayers? I go to church, pay my tithes, even serve on the church board and teach every once in a while in Sunday school. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wonderful member of the church, faithful. And Jesus gave this little parable. He talked about <clears throat> if you come into the altar, you come into the temple, you come and bring your offering, and you're doing all the works of piety that your religion requires of you. And everybody looks at you as, wow, here's a real saint of God. And we'll run to him or her Whenever there's a need for prayers to be answered, brother, sister, would you pray with me? Because I see the works that you do. But Jesus said, you know what? Mark eleven twenty five. Whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you in your trespass. Forgive. Yes. If you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you yours. Remember the story? Two men, or this man went into it, had to leave his offering. Go out and seek reconciliation. Even if it meant his own personal humility. I need to be restored to you to the degree that I want God to be restored to me. I need to forgive you 
to the degree that I want God to forgive me. I need to judge you the way I want God to judge me. And that's not by being fair. I want him to judge me in mercy. In mercy. In mercy. So let's just go over these four things this morning and next week. We'll go through the rest of the list. Four things so far. Lack of faith. Not asking according to his will. Asking with the wrong motives. Unforgiveness in your own heart. Next week, I will conclude this with a statement that I'll use today to share with you. In the final analysis, all these things, all 10 of these things, there's only one solution. One philosophy of life that we've got to embrace and make it our own worldview as a child of God. And that's simply this. Stop focusing on the problem. It's not a problem unless you declare it to be a problem. Focus on the solution. You'll hear me say that again next week and hopefully the week after that until it becomes a part of your own spirit. Yeah, I'm distracted by these things. Yeah, I'm initially disturbed by these things. Yeah, they come against me. And there is always going to be reason for me to have this test. But I'm going to focus not on the issues of the test, I'm going to focus on my Father who art in heaven, whose desire is to give to us all the things. And this is the confidence we have. If we ask anything, caveat coming up, according to his will, he will hear us. There's never a time that your prayers go unheard. But instead of trying to focus on God, getting God to hear you, why don't you start focusing on you hearing God? Instead of telling God what it is that you think he needs to do, why don't you just get along with him and say, hey, Lord, in this circumstance and situation, what do you want me to do? If 
Father, I pray that this morning's message will be met with great power within our own spirits, our own lives. That in order to operate in the kingdom that you have called us to, in order to release the force and the power that we have, we need to understand how to use the weapons of our warfare. And prayer is most powerful. The declarations of our words can bring life or death. So Father, even as the disciples ask your son on that day nearly 2,000 years ago, Lord, teach us how to pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. of that message but I think the amount that we got today is enough to to chew on until next week Re really I mean so many times we pray search me Lord and know my heart and the truth is he does <laughs> and I think I'm changing my prayer to Lord show me my heart <laughs> show me my motivations show me the things that I need to take care of in my heart that you might hear me clearer and better but above all else, as Bishop said, he hears every one of our prayers. Just because the answer doesn't come when we think it should or come in the way that we think it should doesn't mean that the prayer hasn't been answered. Can I give a short testimony? I don't want to give my Kitchen and Ralph testimony. He did. For years and years, I have quietly grumbled to myself and not so quietly at times grumbled about the state of the kitchen in my house. There's a ceiling fixture in that kitchen.